You shall cross the barren desert, but you shall not die of thirst. You shall wander for safety, though you do not shall speak your words to foreign lands and all will understand you shall see the face of God and live be For you. 
Trust in the Lord. God is with you. Fear is not an option. Pray without ceasing. Don't lose hope, guys. I trust in you. Be not afraid. And I will give you All right, a big thank you to Catholic artists from home for that song and that message, Be Not Afraid, something I'm sure we really need to hear, especially uh, for us here in Malaysia, we are facing a stricter lockdown in the coming weeks. So, um, yeah, quite timely for us to hear that song and hear that message to not to be afraid. All right, a very good morning to everyone. Uh, just a couple of names here that's already logged on to our Facebook comments page. If you want to join the conversation, uh, please do log on to Facebook or YouTube and yeah, get chatting with us. I'd like to say good morning to Philomena, Jacqueline, uh, Rita, Ivy, Cecilia, Anthony, Aaron, and uh, Angeline. So thank you so much uh, for checking in with us very early on this show. This is episode uh, 60. Yes, if I'm not mistaken, it's episode 60. And our title is Extra Class Getting Back on Track. So I'm sure by now you, you would know that's about education. And we have uh, four teachers with us today. So before we bring them on, let me welcome my co-host, fellow podcaster, for Clarence Devadas. Good morning, Kevin. And good morning, everyone. Good morning, Father. All right. Well, uh, we just heard some news last night. Uh, everybody's spreading the messages about the uh, stricter lockdown. Um, right. Well, what do you have to say about that? You know, when the first lockdown, we started Catholics at home. And we are just, you just said we are on episode number 60 and we are still going into a lockdown. Yeah. So it must be quite, it must be quite uh, you know, I wouldn't say depressing, but I, I, I suppose when I first heard it, I, my first thoughts were, you know, a lot of people are going to be affected. Um, and, and not just in the health sense, but I think, you know, emotionally, mentally, uh, spiritually, of course, uh, people are going to be affected by all this once again. 
that's why I think it's very important we all play our role. Um, like, for instance, the churches are closing simply because we want to contribute to, you know, to curb this as quickly as possible. And that's that's one way the church is contributing uh, into trying to help manage the situation. But I think we all have a role to play also, Kevin. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, you know, and the, the role, and that, role we, that includes uh, vaccination, right? Of course, Kevin, I think and I think that's one, apart from the social distancing and everything that we are doing, I think, you know, we all also need to contribute uh, to, to the vaccination program. So, I've done it, right? First dose done. First dose done, yeah. So, first mm. dose done, uh, and I think, you know, just to all our listeners out there, you know, you know, there's a lot of hesitation among many people, you know, even, even myself initially. But speak mm. to your physician, speak to your doctor friends and ask them, uh, you know, what they think and, and make an informed decision. I think that's very important. A lot of us are reading WhatsApp messages, Kevin, you know, that's the thing. <laughs> and yeah. making up yeah. our minds and, and a lot of it is coming out on, on WhatsApp, it's, it's not true, you know. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. if you are hesitant about it, you know, if you have some concerns about it, speak to your, to your physician. Uh, speak to your doctor, friends, family members, you know, and, and, you know, I think this is what we need to do. We need to get vaccinated. You know, I, rec- I know there are also people out there saying that, you know, this vaccination is, you know, in the book of Revelation, they call this this mark of the beast, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said this is the vaccination is the mark of the beast, uh, which is which is not true at all. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, in the Vatican, uh, the Pope got everyone vac- vaccinated. Everyone has offered a vaccination, uh, all the employees. Right. I mean, the Pope can't be promoting the mark of the beast, isn't it? I mean, let's, <laughs> let's be, yeah. you know. So I think, you know, if you are able to, if you are, you know, your doctor says you can have it and then you have no other uh, complications or, you know, allergies, mm-hmm. sign up when it's offered to you. I think that's the only way we're going to get out of this because it's not just a health pandemic. I think it is more than that, you know, it, you know. And today's topic is so relevant it's about children. And I think children are really affected. Uh, yeah. by all this you know we need to get them back to some some sense of normalcy in in our lives too isn't it kevin yes true, i'm quite frustrated true. sitting in a, in my office all every whole all day long <laughs> you know i'm just wondering as you're talking about your vaccination uh how many of us here now watching have already been uh, vaccinated at least the first dose so uh, if you've already been vaccinated, just let us know. Just type in a comment. We'd like to know uh, how many of us here have already been vaccinated. Uh, in fact, I just received good news uh, from my mom, who's my dependent. And just this morning, I had a notification on my Sajatra, and she's already got her appointment for next week. So really glad for that. Uh, uh, really glad for that. And so do check your my Sajatra and let us know if you have already been vaccinated. Okay, so Father, we have a full pack show today, um, and I know you've got your hands on some interesting statistics. We'll go through that in a moment. Uh, but first, I had a chat with a few schoolgirls, uh, Genevieve, Caitlin, Trisha, Kristen, and Kimberly, to find out how they feel about having school online. So let's watch this clip right now. School feels like an option when it's not supposed to be an option because you are using um, your like devices like your, your phone or your like laptop to like study online right so there are a lot of distractions you know they'll be like oh okay i'm having class now and then my phone is like right in front of me and i'm trying to focus but like the phone is like kind of drawing me to it i feel like it's not very easy because like Genevieve said you get a lot of distraction you're at home you have your bed nearby you have your fridge nearby you can easily just walk around also since because we don't own our camera, so the students can just do whatever they like. I'm happy and 
I'm sad at the same time. I'm happy because I don't have to wake up and get ready at 6am. But I'm also sad because, like Genevieve said, we become really unproductive and there are many, many distractions around the house. So it'll be hard to focus. I think honestly, I like it a bit better online. It's easier to self-study than to go to school because you learn more without distractions. But like, it's hard because you can't see your friends. I have like mixed feelings also. Like, like Tisha and Kristen said, they um, don't have to wake up at like 6 a.m., get ready. Now it's like you can just wake up on the laptop. I feel like I really need to go back to school because I can't stand being in the house anymore. I feel like in school, I, I learn more. And then I feel like the teachers, like, they just give you more work. It's more stressful for us to do our work. I feel like they give way much more homework and like a lot of projects to do and I'm like so stressed because I cannot keep track also because it's all online. So yeah. Wow, once again, uh, thank you to the girls for their honest opinions. Uh, but Father, I'm sure much of what they said will be reflected in the recent study by the Student Voice Matters Survey, right? Uh, you want to go through the slides? Yeah, I, I, I was just curious, you know, I, I just saw this uh, and it kind of ties in with what we are doing today. Uh, it was a, a survey done by Project ID uh, about online uh, studying. Uh, it was just done recently, I think in, in April. Uh, and quite interesting. I mean, it, it just verifies what uh, what the students all just said. Uh, it is something that's available online. You know, it was a survey done uh, among 761 Malaysian students between the ages of 13 and 21. Uh, just a few slides, just to kind of put us in context uh, of our conversation uh, this morning. Uh, we look at the, the very first slide. Um, it, it talks about, you know, um, how do students want to learn? Uh, it, it seems that, you know... Uh, Fully online classes, uh, very very small percentage of them actually are enjoying it. Like what you know, Genevieve, Caitlin, and all said, uh, you know, offline, uh, they prefer to go back a hybrid. I guess more people are looking for a hybrid kind of a situation. Probably this would be the future. I guess Kevin, even for us yeah. at work, it is going to be a hybrid system already. You know, some days in the office, some days at home. It's going to be like that. And I think a lot of organizations are already planning that downsizing space. Um, one of the challenges, uh, I think the challenges is, you know, motivation, yeah. very hard to self-motivate, you know, I, and, I, and I think that doesn't only apply to children, isn't it? You know, even mm -hmm. for adults, you know, to motivate yourself to get up in the morning and, you know, turn on the computer. Um, yeah, this is just some things I, I, I just want to go down a little bit more uh, to look at uh, the, the next one. And I think, you know, it, it varies from, from, from age to age. Uh, online learning experience. Uh, you see, different different age groups react differently uh, to learning online. You know, just quickly, um, yeah. Um, just to kind of help. But I think what's more interesting uh, is that, you know, it it would seem that, you know, you're older, you are, you're a bit more comfortable if you're tech savvy. And I think this applies to everyone. If you're tech savvy, you are more comfortable. If you are not. You are definitely very uncomfortable going online, including teachers. I would say, I would say, you know, mm. uh, and I'm sure we'll find out in a short while from our teachers how was it for them to go online if you're not used to it. Um, yeah, the next section would be more, uh, I think, relevant to to our conversation this morning. Mm -hmm. um, so the overall learning experience it, it's somewhere in between, uh, uh, Kevin. It's somewhere you know. Uh, it's hard to say that children really enjoy being online. I think like what we heard earlier, 
you know, they miss their friends. Yeah. I think yeah. that's part of the learning experience also. Uh, it's not just being at home and, and you know, being easily distracted by everything. Um, yeah, there's some intro. There's another one that I want to show. Uh, I think, I think this kind of shows there's there are also emotional and mental issues that arise in such a situation. Yes, being at home, calm and safe. But if you look at, they're also feeling lonely, uh, mm. helpless. Uh, you know, frustrated, bored. Uh, this has been going on for now what, uh, eighteen months already, almost coming up to going to be eighteen months soon. Yes, uh, one and a half years. Uh, and these are issues that probably we need to talk about in our future shows, uh, how to help them cope uh, with this loneliness, uh, frustration. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I suppose, like you said, uh, you know, because we want a hybrid situation because there's pros and cons for either side, offline and online learning. And, you know, I think especially for us adults, so even if you're not in school working, right, I think most of us now, it's like, I can't take another minute of, you know, a Zoom meeting or what. It's just too much already. So we yeah. need to find that, that balance. So there's, there's another slide. I just want to show very quickly one slide that shows the longer you, pro you prolong it longer, the less efficient it becomes learning. <laughs> uh, <there's, laughs> so it would seem that, you know, they say that, you know, after eight, if you're doing more than eight hours, it's, it's not efficient anymore. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so perhaps maybe you know maybe I will gain some brownie points with kids now. Uh, maybe we need shorter <laughs> shorter hours and more probably you know. And I think it's it's an interesting uh, survey uh, that's put out there uh, in on the internet for for teachers to have a look, uh, educators to have a look uh, what students are saying. Um, yeah. So maybe this is the conversation that we want to have this morning, Kevin, uh, with our yep. teachers. Yeah. Yep. So those slides, and, those slides are available. Just look for Project ID, uh, and uh, th those those statistics are there uh, to help us uh, shape our, our our education, which has been disrupted terribly. Uh, you know, I, I I just share one little story. You know, I, I just met a family uh, not so long ago, uh, and father of uh, the father has I mean, the family has four children, four school going children. But the, because they did not have a device, because of this great divide between those who have and have not. For one and a half years, they have not they have not gone to school online, you know. And this is the reality that when we think of online, we are thinking of urban people who have access. But there's a huge amount, as we will hear in a short while. There's a lot of people who do not have access. So, 18 months, I was, you know, of course, we helped them a bit. 18 months, they have not gone to school. Yeah. So especially that's why in this show we have uh, four teachers uh, to come on to also to advise us children's and parents on you know how they can not be left behind maybe how they can catch up because there's so much of time lost uh, during this pandemic and uh, yes we'll see uh, what tips and advice we can get so maybe i can start by bringing on uh, our first teacher guest is uh, chegu lewis oh, hello Kevin. Chegu. hello morning chegu morning um, so maybe uh, chegu you can tell us uh, where do you teach and uh, what level Okay, I'm teaching in SK Section 19, Sha'alam, Standard 2 and Standard 3. All right. So it's interesting because uh, we've heard a lot about the kids from secondary school. Uh, wondering how is it for you with the uh, primary kids? You know, uh, are they able to to stay focused online? Okay. What's the experience? Um, during MCO 1.0, it was very difficult. That uh, parents have to come in. Even sometimes you can hear parents calling their children. Please concentrate and all that. 
But during this year, 2021, there's so much of improvement. I guess you teachers are also lear learning as as you as you go along. I mean, I heard someone say it's like fixing an aeroplane while it's flying, isn't it? So as as you have to continue your work, you're also learning what you can do to to make it better. Yes, there are, we are also learning new new applications online, new apps, how to incorporate in a what you call it, um, use them for our mm. lessons. For example, you have. Um, live worksheets, you have um, Jamboard in the Google Classroom. So these apps actually really helps each different different subjects to cope for the students to understand better. Mm. It's no more the chalk and talk, chalk and board, mm. those, it's no more that type of error already. <laughs> you you were saying you were saying earlier that in the in first MCO you had the, the parents had to sit with their children, especially with the younger children. Uh, I guess that must have been very stressful for them also because for families, uh, for example, they having to manage their work. They are working at home during working hours, and then at the same time having to look at at children and uh, in terms of their homework. Uh, you know, uh, was was that a kind of a challenge for you all too, to 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 man to manage that? You know, the family uh, dynamics sometimes. Yes, Father, based on my experience, um, we had difficulties for the first about 10 15 minutes to just to make them quiet, press the mute button, and then um, sometimes parents setting the what's called Google Meet settings, it's not intact, and then uh, insufficient data, something they go offline. Even some of my kids who actually sat in mama shop to attend class. Wow. So that was really it's a touching or sad situation that we had. Do you have students who have dropped out? I mean, who have not been attending? Do you, do you encounter that also? Yes, Father. Um, for example, there are, are even parents message me privately to say that they are frontliners. They only can attend to their children during the weekends. Some don't have printers to print their worksheets. So what I did with my colleagues, we actually printed out modules and asked them to collect at the guard house. So this is one of the initiatives that we did. So I'm sure the parents are now more appreciative of uh, teachers. I mean, uh, I suppose before all this, they always hand the teaching to the uh, to the teachers and then now they realize that they have to be more hands-on with their children right so is it uh, uh do you get negative or positive feedback from the parents um now now there are more positive feedbacks for example even parents ask us maybe the teachers can teach the parents first before we teach the children because the syllabus are actually higher compared to before so mm. some parents even can't do simple maths not to say simple maths but the level is higher compared to those days. Oh. Mm. So parents find it actually difficult to teach their children. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. That, that's what has been happening because, you know, we always uh, rely on the teachers so much that uh, we distance ourselves from our kids' education. And then now we are forced to be uh, so that they don't get left behind. Uh, one more thing, uh, Chiku Surin, I remember talking to you uh, earlier. You mentioned about kids coming into standard one. You know, it's quite interesting because you said they, they didn't have pre uh, what preschool before this, and you said you noticed uh, quite a big difference. Can you talk a bit about that? 
Okay. Um, last year, because preschool also was affected, <coughs> so most of the lessons were done maybe through WhatsApp video calls. The teacher focused about per student per day just to get them to do their readings, writings. And when they come to school this year, the standard one and also standard two, because also when they were in standard one last year, they were also affected. So they don't have the, they have never experienced the school environment. Mm. So they don't know how to actually um, adapt. They're mm. still thinking that they are in the preschool. Mm. So it, was actually, it was actually a challenging for us teachers uh, to actually try to adapt, try mm. to teach them, try to make them to adapt to this environment, standard one and standard two. Yeah, to get them would, ready would, for. Yeah. Mm. No, would, would that mean, for example, like, you know, in the past, you would have expected that much of the, the learning or the teaching would have been done in preschool already. So they've come to a certain level when they come to do you find that that you are having to do preschool work now in standard one to prepare them? Uh, uh, Father, based on if talk about lessons, Father, no lessons they are okay, but adapt themselves to the standard one, standard two environment because preschool is more of a, let's say in groups the tables will be colorful. Okay. And then they go playground there. So when they come to standard one, there's always a orientation period. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that is what they miss this year. Right. Okay, okay uh, Chigu Surin, uh, hang on. We're going to talk to your fellow teachers. But while you hang out backstage, uh, could you think of some advice or tips uh, for students and parents and share them later uh, when we take some questions? All right. Okay. Thank you very Thank much, Chigu Surin. Now, uh, before we talk to secondary school teachers, I wanted to bring in a teacher who does homeschooling because I know quite a number of our viewers are uh, homeschooling their kids. So uh, let's welcome Mr. Mike. Hi, good morning to all of morning. you. Morning. Morning. Uh, yes. So this homeschooling thing. Okay. First thing is I'm not a guru. I run a homeschooling. <laughs> I, I was told that I'm a guru. No, actually, I just like to share my experiences now. Now you are a teacher, you are a teacher so you are a guru. So <laughs> you're guru of homeschooling sounds a bit whoa. <laughs> I'm a, okay. Anyway, I run a simple homeschooling in uh, Putra Heights. Uh, I've got a mixed group, but I really my heart goes out to teachers Surin and those who had to work with primary students, because in the secondary group we have a lot more mature group. They're older, they're more focused, and they are planning to sit for the IGCSE soon. So most of my kids, I would say 90% are quite uh, focused and they want to do well. So my set of problems are actually very different. I would say, like the one of the students who came in, actually my wise student, the one who made a comment, and she said she enjoyed homeschooling. It's probably because they are a mature group, very targeted, focused. And when it comes to online, for me, it's actually improved because all the material from IGCSE is out in the, you know, it's on the web. I just forward to them. The children are more mature. But one thing I did insist is 
they have to have laptops handphones cannot work for me i could insist because these people are are probably a bit more fluent so i could impose certain standards like hey if you want to join this home school you have to have your laptop you have to have a handphone by your side if not things would be from my point of view almost uh, impossible so people like surin i really look up to you to handle young children you know have just come out and not sure whether they can reach that stage it must have been very difficult for me the standards are quite high i've made i mean they come in already semi smart so i just tune them in so and having all this material now with our uh, all these apps available now it's in fact easier to teach so even while i'm in physical classes i project my images so that those who opt to come for physical or those who are at home can learn the same lesson and when possible i try to make it as interactive as possible so every 10 minutes i call out i have a roll call are you here are you there even when they need to go to toilet even they need to disappear you must have permission so if i call out your name you got no excuse to say i wasn't around because if you do it once twice the third time i know this is rubbish then mm. i have to let the parents i try not to get the parents involved but once in a while when they push it i have to la it's a bit sad that i have to do this but that's the only way la these children are one their few will be a bit mischievous la you sort of know after a while and you have to rope in the parents to help out you know no as you as you oh, were yeah, saying then the mike you know what uh, crosses my mind is that a lot of parents send their children for homeschooling because they want to break away from you know a large classroom to a smaller more individualized kind of attention what was your greatest challenge now moving to online when we had a strict lockdown um now that individualized attention is no longer you know there but it's now it, it becomes like a, a kind of a impersonal interaction through the through the screen uh, what was your your challenge and what was the challenge of the student uh, in responding to you okay when we first went in there were a lot of hitches google classroom was a zoom which one was more efficient then of course another thing was our our lines how stable were there you know these are practical consideration so they had to invest in slightly uh, more megabytes per second all that so the first one month was painful some because you'd say oh mr mike you're lagging mr mike you're lagging when i ask a question the standard answer is i don't know what that was real or standard answer <laughs> mr mike i can't hear you you're lagging <laughs> strange but some could get it the smart ones somehow was not lagging the weaker ones were always lagging so there may be a statistical correlation there but i wonder la but anyway these are things hap- which happen but eventually they did improve but i must say after about 3 months when we did go back to physical classes and then ask some of them some i felt had hardly learned during the zoom period because i was not as interactive as i am now also in homeschoolings we limit the number of people in the class so there's a maximum like for me in my homeschooling maximum of 15 per class because if it becomes too large it becomes more management than learning you know so 
That's have you, have you found, for example, I mean, just going back to the, the statistics that we, the survey that we saw earlier, uh, you know, which seems to indicate the longer you have them online, uh, the efficiency of the student drops. Have you found that to be a, a, a consideration? Are your, are your classes shorter now uh, compared to before? Yes. The first thing is they told those days I used to run from 9.30 to 4. But the children said they cannot take it. It's too heavy. So when possible, I've cut it to 9.30 now. Oh, sorry. Now it goes to 2.30. And there are longer breaks and more breaks. More often the breaks are. So actually, I think 45 minutes, 10 minutes break, 45 minutes, 15 minute break is ideal for my group. A more, but my advice is for the older groups. For the younger groups, I don't know if it would work. You know? But it's fine with the older groups. And also, uh, or just a bit of advice, uh, Kevin, you asked, as a parent stroke teacher, the computer must be placed at a point where adults can supervise what's going on. My own children, if I place them in a the corner, that's it. Huh? So it's not other kids, it's including my kids. So the mummy must from time to time walk across to know they're not playing a game because they can pretend to focus, but they're playing a game. Sometimes the younger, slightly younger ones do that. It happens. Like, even we as adults, we do it. So the children are more prone to, do, to play the fool, which is fine with me, but that's where the monitoring from the parents would help. If, if there's a will, there's a will. Definitely. <laughs> okay, uh, Mr. Mike, uh, thank you for that sharing. Uh, I'd like you to hang on backstage because I'm sure uh, some parents might have some questions for you. Just to remind the viewers, if you have any questions for the teachers that's on the show, you know, you can type it in the comments and we'll get to them uh, when we bring them on later. Because we've got two more teachers. They are from the secondary school. But before we bring them on, I uh, just want to go back to our to the five uh, girls I talked to who are in secondary school and see what they have to say. Yeah, I'm really worried. <laughs> Online, right? It's so hard to learn. So, and then you like you doze off or like sometimes internet connections. So it's really hard to kind of catch up with everything that's going on. And sometimes teachers also like don't teach everything like together. And if you're gonna ask your friends, your friends are probably, oh, I still fell asleep. I still know, I have no idea what's going on. Um, my exams are in three weeks, and I just started studying my econs today. So like I study like nine chapters, one shot. Yeah, I'm very worried because I feel like I'm gonna fail, but I don't want to say that I'm gonna fail because if I say I'm gonna fail, then I will fail. So like, I'm gonna succeed. <laughs> Last year, my teachers actually didn't do a lot of online classes. So they, they were actually just giving like random homeworks and they hardly have any actual teaching classes. So they actually missed out a lot on the Form 4 chapters. So this year, they are actually trying to back up on the Form 4 and the Form 5s together. So they have to really go fast because Form 4 has a lot of chapters as well. So when you pass the Form 4 and the Form 5, it actually, it, it's actually a lot of it, if you want to study in a year. So they are teaching very fast. So they also don't really care whether you understand or not. As long as they get it done and over with, they just like, oh, okay, I'm done teaching, my job is done. Most of the time, I'm, I'm using up my time to finish up those homework. 
and I don't have a lot of time to study, so I don't feel like I'm prepared for any exam. Especially since last year, my school, we didn't have any exams, so we don't know how good or how bad we are at a subject. I prefer doing study group because, you know, we can share information with our friends, you know. So I feel it's like more easier to study with your friends. I just go on like YouTube and like try and like search up like try and learn it on like by myself. Like I either write like a lot of notes and then like I pass your papers. And if I can, I'll try and get my teacher to mark them, which is very unlikely, but I try. And then uh, yeah, I just go on YouTube and try and like teach myself. For me, I also do what Jenna does. Like I'll go to YouTube and be like, oh, full IBCIC chemistry. And it's like two to three hour long videos, which is crazy. But it teaches you like the entire syllabus. Uh, I'm sorry to my teacher, but it's just better than my teacher. Wow, uh, such honesty. <laughs> Once again, yeah. thank you to Genevieve, Caitlin, Trisha, Kristen, and Kimberly for their sharing with us. So who do we have next, Kevin? All right, let's bring on our secondary school teachers, uh, teachers Rosalind and Cecilia. Hi. Good morning. Thank you for joining morning. us. Morning. I just just want to say, uh, teacher Rosalind, you've just had your vaccination. How are you feeling? Slightly better today. Still a little bit with my haze in the clouds, but I'm managing. All right, great. Thank you for being here. Okay, so uh, before we begin, maybe uh, Rosalind, you can tell us uh, where do you teach and what level you're teaching. I teach lower secondary, so I have students with the remove class. Remember what that is? Like mm. students who need extra help when they come to secondary school, so they end up in peralihan or remove classes. I also teach from one students, so basically the newbies into the secondary mm. school. Right. I teach in Ampang, sorry. All right. And Cecilia, what about you? Where do you teach and um, what level? I'm teaching in uh, SMK Raja Abdullah, and I teach from 3 and from 4. All right. Okay, great. So we have secondary school teachers uh, with us. Uh, I think the challenges are quite different, isn't it, compared to what we were hearing earlier, uh, some of the challenges. Very quickly, I just want maybe, maybe Rosalind can, can help under, try to understand. You know, one of the things I hear when we first went into, into kind of a lockdown, um, a lot of parents were complaining, oh, that school is not doing anything, you know, the teachers are not equipped. Maybe you can be the voice now. You know, what were your challenges when, when you first moved in? I think, I think one thing that they realized that, firstly, we were not ready. We were not prepared for this. Um, the schools probably did not have the infrastructure. Uh, families did not have the proper equipment. Uh, so it's, it's a kind of a blend of, of, of uh, you know, a potpourri of problems. Uh, everybody was just frustrated. From, from, from your perspective as a teacher, what were your challenges trying to migrate into this new platform, you know, overnight almost? Uh, that's, the, that's the word. It was a challenge and we all had to overcome it. So uh, for us as teachers, we suddenly have to come, um, we have to familiarize ourselves with platforms, online platforms, which we have to use. And at that point, which was in March last year, when we had our first lockdown, I remember we were just all scrambling uh, first to get lessons online. And uh, so some teachers had already experiences with Google Meet and uh, Google Classroom. And so we were distributing work through that. And of course, I think the most common one at that moment was WhatsApp or Telegram because uh, it was just easy to disseminate information, homework uh, or lessons. And as it progressed, you could see the change. It, like I say, it was a challenge, but everybody just 
I, I don't know about teachers from other schools, I can't speak for them, but I think most of uh, the colleagues I know, people I know, teachers I know, we just put our head down, learn the new software, get whatever materials we could. And a lot of us were trapped um, in our respective hometowns or homes with no materials, with no references, because we were on holidays. I think we were on a mid-sem break and suddenly they announced a lockdown. So we were basically caught without anything. So we went online, we looked for things. Uh, and uh, I think if you really try hard, it's it, it, it was doable. It was doable. I managed to um, deliver lessons as best I can. I got some good feedback from my students. So I suppose I must have done something right. I can't say 100%. Uh, it will never be the same as face-to-face -face learning, but we tried. Yeah. And we're still doing that. We're still learning and we're still uh, learning new apps as as right. I speak. Mm. Right. Uh, Cecilia, yeah. challenges for you? Um, well, I uh, in 2001, this year, I moved from Johor to uh, Kuala Lumpur. So I got a fresh batch of kids which i have not seen so because we straight away had to do this online teaching so it was really really difficult because when you don't know the teacher they don't know who you are they may not enter your class so i probably sit in front of the thing with all the lessons prepared and wait maybe one or two will suddenly appear then i keep begging them can you call your friends to enter the you know join us and all that and also because I think we were really, really not prepared. The whole system, okay, uh, some schools didn't even give the children their MOE um, Gmail for them to enter. We never taught them how to get into a Google Classroom, what it was, what the platform was, what applications they could use. They don't know how to use all that. And then suddenly we were like, okay, give all the work to them. So sad because some of them really, so most of us had to use the WhatsApp and then WhatsApp also, um, some kids do not have a handphone. Okay, the handphone is with their parents. And so you have to wait until the parents reach home for them to do the work and then they will submit to you. So I get work sent to me even at 12 midnight, the parents apologizing. Yeah, it's, it's something that we have to, this is where we have to accept lah. Yeah, that so is true. One the, of the that was sorry. No, no, continue, please. Oh, sorry, that was that was one of the. It was both a blessing and a bane because uh, we were online, so parents and teachers could reach us at all hours. So I had students like Cecilia who couldn't uh, come online or who couldn't do their work. And actually, truth be told, even myself, when I was a student, I enjoyed working at night. I I couldn't do my work during when the sun was up. So I only do my homework at night. So kids would do their homework in the middle of the night at 2 a.m. at 3 a.m. And I'll hear this, they'll come pinging in or they have questions at that time that requires immediate response. If I'm awake, sometimes I do answer them and I, I check the clock and it's like half an hour has gone by and I'm still discussing something with them. It has happened. Yeah, so that was a challenge, but a blessing in a way because they we're accessible. In, in funnily in, enough in school sometimes they don't dare to come up to you to ask questions but when they're uh, on their screens on whatsapp and whatnot they're really vocal so i like that mm, that's good 
No, I was just wondering, as uh, Cicero was talking about dealing with parents, uh, I'm sure because like if no one comes for class and then you have to go to the parents, so you will need the parents' support, right? So how how much support or bigger role have the parents been playing since uh, we went online? Oh, Cecilia? I, um, actually, I think it depends on the parents. Lah, because I cannot speak for everybody. Like for my school, um, sad, it's a sad situation. <laughs> because yeah, I have even parents texting me and apologizing. I tried to wake him up. He cannot get up. I'm sorry, he cannot attend class. So. Okay, they are trying their best. Okay, and I understand the situation. The you know they may be laid off. The parents themselves, they too are going through a lot of you know a lot of problems that they are having in their family. And then on top of that, they have to deal with their child who is totally not interested in studying. I can just see the whole thing, you know, because when that few weeks when they came back to school, you know, I had to go and ask. You know, now only I like get to know who they are and all that, and then uh, you know, and then I ask them, okay, for the next lockdown, make sure now you know who I am. Would you please come and attend class? I'm like literally begging them every day, you know. Dah bangun sebelum, tolong lah, cikgu tunggu di sini. I've I've like had classes where there was only one child, and I'm like, thank you so much for entering my class. Literally, there was this one girl, you know. From the day I started, only she will come in, complete the work, and she'll send me a picture. Teacher, I finished, and I'm like, praise the Lord for this child. Okay, you know, it's like we are so grateful that somebody wanted to come in. Sahaya hidup. No, well, we know who's getting number one in class. Who's getting the star for year end? Okay, I gave her a treat immediately after the class was over. I sent her a McDonald's meal. Thank you for everything. Wow, it's amazing! It's amazing. Rosalind, so when it comes to you, Rosalind, uh, Rosalind, I mean, you are both yeah, teacher, yeah. teacher and parent, uh, and you have uh, two children from our earlier conversation. You know, one of the things that I hear, okay, uh, from my, my from my friends uh, who are parents, you know, some teachers seem to think that because kids are not in school now, the only way to bring them up to the mark is now to to load them with homework. And you are saying that there are people doing, you know. As a parent and a teacher, you know, what are your thoughts? I mean, is that the way to to bring them up to the mark? Uh, bring them like we, our topic is to bring them back on track. Is giving them loads of homework the solution to the problem, or is it creating other problems? <laughs> okay, uh, I have my take on this. Um, I think if you just load them with homework with no instruction then it's not going to achieve anything because basically you're just sending them task sheets, worksheets that you've scanned, and then they look at this and what is this? They, they, they don't know where to start. They don't know how to go about it. So because I teach the lower forms, one of the things that I teach is them uh, skills of learning, skills of doing homework, skills of taking notes and you know where to draw the line, how to put your number, where to put your dates, things that we take for granted, but actually they need this kind of skill. So uh, if... I give them work and uh, I have been told by my students, teacher, you give us a lot of work. I say, I only see you twice a week. And a lot of times we have public holidays and then you have school holidays, like we're going to have two weeks of holidays, right? So there is a lot of work, but I back it up with instruction. There's always Google Meet during my lessons. So you have an hour of solid um, instruction with me where we practice, where we do uh, it together. We've attempted half the work. Then I load you. 
So you do what you can. I, I because we're teaching. Um, I mean, that's a that's a huge spectrum of students. Some are really fast. They're really efficient. They're really good, and they probably have really great support at home. And some I know they are on their own. They probably live with their grandparents, and uh, you know their only reference point would be Google. And that that's so. And that is if they know how to use it and know where to look for answers, lah. So I say, do what you can. As long as I see an effort, I'm going to give you brownie points for that, and I'm going to try to mark you up for your. PBD, your classroom assessment. Yeah. So as a parent, I try to give full support to my kids. Uh, it's tough, but I really uh, salute the student, uh, the teachers of my uh, son's school because they managed to give feedback for all the work, and the and the teacher has managed to track down. Oh, you have not done this particular activity for this particular day, and she posts it up on the parents group, and. Some parents might not like it, but I like it because it helps the parents' uh, support. Otherwise, you don't know where to go. As, as teacher, I think you you see the other side also. But I just want to I just want to and this is a, a mischievous question that runs through my head. I don't want to put anybody in trouble. I mean, for example, <laughs> maybe Cecilia. I mean, you said yeah. As a teacher, you say that you see them twice, only twice a week, uh, and and you're only one teacher among many other teachers. So if every teacher loads them with the homework. Do teachers talk among themselves? Uh, you know how to plan this out. You know, for, for a class, for example, this week I will give extra work. Uh, maybe next week we focus on a particular. Does this happen in, in any way, or you know, or everybody is just thinking my subject is the most important subject? Okay, here you go. You know, you you do as well. Cecilia, what what is your take? Do you think a more planning is required? Yes, uh, our education ministry, the whole uh, ministry. I don't want to put anybody in trouble here, so yeah, I just... yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> that is one of our failures, I think. You know, because we don't make our education relevant, really, and it's not relatable and it's not realistic. Okay, so because we can't, we are not doing that. Therefore, the children see everything in little boxes, and they find it very difficult to make the connection. Okay, so then. The teachers also feel this thing. Like in the US, what they would do is they would uh, have, let's say they say they want to do a cross-curricular activity where they, the geography teacher said, I'm going to do this topic. Okay, I'm going to rope in the English teacher because I need her to help them with their presentation. Then I get the maths teacher to help them with that calculation of how the thing works and all that. Then you get the science teacher to help them with the environment and all that. Yeah, so then it's a concerted effort. Everybody works towards something. Therefore, the skills then are then all met because we're all working together. So I don't have to load my kids with anything, but I just need to teach them the skills on presentation, how they can present their thing. So that's why for me, I, I actually I don't give them a lot of work. If I give them a Google form or uh, something like that, it's only ten questions because like I do with them. Okay, our in my school we have to follow the real timetable which is really really crazy because you know it's 7 30 they wake up and if it's a double period or if it's a single period so i must make sure i complete mine even if it's a half an hour period i teach them for 15 minutes i guide them with the work and then i ask them to submit so that i can see that they've learned something so it's actually it all depends on how you the, the school or the system looks at it. Because if you're going to do this, the child actually won't learn. Meaning to say, it's like they're so frustrated. I mean, some kids, in the, of course, the phone five and all that, my daughters used to complain. Why do we need to learn so much chemistry? 
Why do we need to learn so much physics? Will that help me in my future? Because there's no, it's not related, right? They can't see the thing working. Only later when they grow older and they want to fix the light bulb and they use the wrong design, they say, ah, that's where your physics comes in. I think it's, it's, true. It's, it's, it's true. It's, 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 it's consoling to know the questions I asked 30 years ago have not changed. So I think <laughs> students will be the same, will be the same all the time. Uh, but yeah, anyway, they, they're not going to change the light bulb. They're going to Google somebody and call that, that yeah. person to come. <laughs> no, no. The, the knowledge comes in when you're a shopper and you want to make comparisons uh, between which is the best air conditioner to get, how right. inversion works and things like that. So I, I always drum into my students, like anything you learn in school, it won't go to waste if you find an application for it. I'm an English teacher, but I went through the science stream up to mm. Form 6. And I, I, I do find the knowledge that I have useful, even if just for showing off. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, great. We, we bring in our other guest, Kevin. Uh, yeah, uh, let's bring in Chegusurin yeah. and Mr. Mike. And we also yeah. want to invite uh, our viewers, if you have any questions for any of our teachers, please uh, type them in right now so we can ask them because we've only got about 10 minutes left for our show. So make so sure you type in your questions and we can address them. Yeah, all right. So, uh, first of all, uh, I, was just, any I was just thinking before we before we take one question, uh, before we take mm. the first question, rather, um, you know, our our topic this morning is getting back on track. You know, we understand all the challenges, all the difficulties, and everybody, not just schools, but organizations, church, we have all had to rethink uh, how we do things. You know, but you know, a lot of people think that you know we are just waiting when everything goes back to normal. We can go back to pre-pandemic days. And we realize it's not going to be that anymore. Uh, things are going to change. How do we how do we get our students, you know, back on track? You know, the question is, you know, what what can we do? What can teachers do? Uh, you know, to those who have been left behind, uh, we realize. Um, I've had this conversation about Sunday school too. You know, many of our kids are left behind. You know, uh, you know, but they will move on to the next level. Uh, what what can we do? What can teachers do out there? What can parents do uh, to help? Maybe we take from different angles. Maybe you know. Maybe uh, Surin Chigu Surin can talk about you know what can what can teachers do for, for children who have missed uh, or parents who have who have missed uh, preschool. You know what can parents do to help prepare them? Okay. Um, foremost is parents, please get in touch with your class teachers please get into the whatsapp group or telegram group okay they communicate with your class teachers with your subject teachers see where your children have not done your work or tell them your problem maybe i only can attend to my child at the weekends i got no printer okay, discuss your problem and also look into your children's work see whether they have completed the task given by the teacher Okay, besides that, um, maybe you, if your children can't cope with online daily, maybe you can set up a special place for them in the house. Create an environment like a school. Maybe ask them to use the school uniform, for example, so that they know that, okay, from 8 o'clock until 12 is a school period. So I must be in a school, although you are at home. Yeah. So I think little things... Yeah, little things uh, help uh, in that way. Uh, maybe, Mr. Mike, uh, I don't know, Mr. Mike, uh, what are your thoughts, you know, for children who are, for students who are kind of preparing for exam? 
uh, you know, who have kind of lost out, what do they need to do to to come up uh, to bring them up to the up to mark for to prepare for exams? With my syllabus, the IGCSEs, the past year questions are so available. We have them in uh, topic by topic with answer schemes, and because IGCSEs, you even have the YouTube material which you can always access. So uh, my problems are not as severe as I suppose the Kabangsan schools, because for me everything is out there, and if you the moment you have a mature student, they know how to access material. So if they don't perform. To a very large extent, the child can be held accountable. I know it may sound a bit strange, I as a teacher saying this, but these are supposed to be a mature group. They are older, they're more mature. They cannot come up with the excuse, oh, uh, oh I, I, my teacher was not there, my teacher didn't teach it, because everything is there, the syllabus is clear, it's quite targeted. Uh, so to say that they're not ready the only problem now we have i as a teacher is standardized uh, exams and marking during this period making sure that they're actually uh, getting the marks and now comes the problem there are a few more immature ones a bit more childish playful who will say yeah i did i did i did but when i do meet them i can see based on their what they've been saying it's far from the truth these are the ones that we are, I'm most worried about. But the mature ones, no issue. Like my groups who are sitting for the exams are about 16, 17 year olds. It's very simple and targeted, like I said. I mean, not very simple, but it's relatively easy. But it's the younger ones that I think I would worry very much about, you know? Mm -hmm. Thank you, uh, Mike. And um, I think we have a question from Daniel asking about what about parents who have more than one child and they have limited gadgets? Uh, do you find this problem uh, uh, in the secondary schools as well? Because, of course, when they have bigger kids, they may have younger kids. How, how do you tackle this problem, Rosalind? Uh, personally, I always do a double version of my lessons, meaning I have the what I call offline, but not really offline. You can download my lesson on uh, Canva. It's a PD, sorry, it's a PDF or slideshow. So they can go through the work on their own at their own time. And I set longer deadlines for them because I truly understand this. I've had parents uh, let me know that they simply don't have the gadgets to uh, pass on to their children when they go to school, uh, sorry, when they go to work. And so the child is at home with no gadget, no phone, no laptop. So. If for those cases, uh, although there are not many of them, I must say most of my students have handphones, um, they, they can do the work offline. They do it in their own time. And then I say, just hand in your work. Even if it's late, it's fine. It's two or three weeks, two months, it's fine. Just have the work in or ask me if you don't understand. So that's not too bad. Um, you know, and before I go back to you, uh, I actually want to share something which a student shared with me and I find it's really poignant and I find it really meaningful. It's a quote by Arthur Ashe. He's an African-American uh, tennis player, passed away already, but his words are so true and so motivational, if you ask me. It says, start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. And these are the words that I try to get my students to live by. 
no matter where you are, you feel like I've already lost three, four months of learning. I don't know where to start. Can I just come back to school and see you and then I'll start then, teacher? And then I'm like, no, no, don't do that. Wherever you are, just start. Take the first step. Uh, trace back what I've given in the WhatsApp group. Click on the first slideshow you see. Click on the first uh, PDF file you have. Download it. Just look through it. All the instructions are there. If you don't understand, message me, call me. A lot of them send me voice notes. Go ahead. We'll try to help you get to where you need to be. But you've got to take the first step. And that goes for parents as well. If you don't know where to start, start with the teacher. Ask the teacher, where can I start? So I, I think that's the only way we can uh, make do with this situation, do our best. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, thank you, Rosalind. Uh, I believe uh, Mr. Mike you have a class uh, to attend to right now. So um, we'd like to thank uh, Mr. Mike for being on the show and sharing his uh, his uh, issues <laughs> with uh, the homeschoolers, <laughs> which is very thank much different. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm glad I was here. I learned a lot from you all too. So thanks again. Take care. Thank you, Mr. Mike. Thank you. Thank you. You're most Stay safe. Welcome. Stay safe. Okay, you too, all of you. God bless. Huh? All right. Okay, and also we have a question from uh, Joanne. Uh, teachers, what do you expect parents like us to, to do to support our kids' learning? Maybe Cecilia, uh, you may have some advice for parents. Yeah, I think I continue with, I mean, I just add on to what Rosalind says. So, and if not, Chigu uh, Surin also says, you see, there's a lot of material, even Chigu Mike said, there's a lot of material on the net. Okay, if you're, you have the Khan Academy, you can go to the YouTube, you can type anything. And just like what that one of the girls said, sometimes they, what they find on YouTube is better than what the teacher is teaching. And I totally agree. Okay, so if you cannot, so we must understand that all these children start, learn in different ways. Okay, like what they said, I'm somebody who, you know, looks at pictures, I'm one. Yeah, so if they are, slow you know you go to youtube they can even pause the thing they can go back listen to it again uh i can't say much about language because language is supposed to be like the easiest thing because we're just teaching them skills but like for the other heavy subjects i think that is the best way to deal with all these things if you have uh like you've been like those days if i had youtube i think i would have been, I've done a little bit better in school. <laughs> just to say that okay so yeah you know because you can everything is there and you can you know pause and go i keep telling my kids that if you cannot follow what the teacher is teaching in class you can always go back but the thing is the discipline of going back and clicking and looking for the thing is an altogether different story there because like what is they need to be self-motivated they need to have the discipline themselves i mean you can talk and advise them till the cows come home. But if they are, they are not interested, they are not interested. Really. I, I'm, I'm just going to kind of may, um, may digress, I? digress a little bit. Uh, just a little bit, uh, you know, in one of the things that the survey showed that quite a number of them, uh, okay, motivation is an issue. I think, I think you have dealt that with that matter because, you know, to be self-motivated is not easy. I mean, even for adults. Uh, one of the things concerning things is I, I saw in that survey was that they are feeling lonely and isolated. Mm. Uh, you know, are there support structures? I'm asking an innocent question. Are there support structures in our schools to address those kind of issues? Uh, children who are who who may suddenly you know 
have gone quiet, uh, going through emotional issues, uh, stress at home. Is there something provided for them uh, in our system? Because we, the focus seems to be on the academics now, bringing them mm. back to track. But there is also mm. this issue about about their emotional state, uh, mental state also. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, is there something right. happening? Uh, I'll, I'll speak. Yeah, I I see Cecilia uh, shaking her head. Uh, I'm fortunate. I I guess the counselors at my school they are pretty proactive. So uh, there were several instances where in the teacher pairing group where there were grievances shared, and uh, you could see that some people were unhappy with something. The counselors stepped in, and uh, in my case, the one that I handled, uh, there was a parent and a child issue. And she privately messaged me, the counsellor privately messaged me, me being one of the teachers who was involved. And she asked, like, can we reach out to the student? Can we call them and counsel them? Uh, can we offer any support in any way? So if I were to say there's zero support, that's not true. In fact, our counsellors have a daily... They have a daily programme where they share some inspirational or some uh, motivational or some thematic uh, mental health uh, sharings on our WhatsApp groups across all the classes. So there is, am I still online? Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, sorry, I sometimes no, find myself I... speaking to myself for a while before I realize that I'm <laughs> offline. <laughs> no, but I... I... So, 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 th so sorry. there is. No, sorry. Uh, why are you shaking my head? Is, uh, I think the human connection, the human touch is more important than just reaching out through, you know, sending them messages, you know, how are you doing and all that. The kids it's are true, lonely because they no, don't nothing have a human connection. Yeah. So, like, if if the, I mean, the committee or what arrange that, you know, we take uh, one day of a week, of the week, uh, from one comes back to school, the kids can interact with each other, they can make their friends, you know, and then because some of them really don't speak to anybody. Okay, that's why they are lonely. It's that human interaction that we, I mean, it's fair to say that even we, if we have to stay home and work the whole time, we will go crazy. Okay, and uh, yeah, we it's want true. to go out and see somebody. Okay, it's different. And then the small young ones, I mean like the standard one, poor thing, they're coming to school, they're so excited, they got their new pencil case and all that, and they've got nobody to show. You know, all these little, little things that were going through their mind. You know, how can I be sitting in front of this screen the whole time and got no friends? Poor thing, two years they have no friends. So yeah, the human... It's true, it's true. The human interaction, la, we by hum humans are social creatures, right? So nothing yeah, will be yeah. that, but like I said, we do the best we can at the moment, la. Hopefully, we'll get the staggered uh, resubmission to school. I heard, don't quote me on this, but I heard after the 14th, they are letting certain forms back to school. I heard. A little birdie said. So, yeah. I hope it's yeah. a phone Yeah. I, I mean, one is, I think, you know, parents probably can't wait to get rid of their children in the morning while they can work at home, uh, get them out of the house. But yeah, I think it, it, it is the mental health uh, of, the, of the growing child is very important. Uh, even for adults, like Cecilia rightfully said, you know, um, for all of us too, to be able to go out, uh, you know, to breathe in some fresh air, to interact with people, 
that contributes to the overall growth. So I think what is important, I think, you know, for the whole thing is it is not just an academic growth that we are looking at at this time or deprivation, but, you know, sometimes the, the focus of teachers is, you know, to get them back on track on the academic part, but forgetting the human aspects of, of, the, of the child, of the student. Uh, and I think that's something probably we all need to, uh, to, to, to be cognizant of uh, in these difficult times about the overall growth because it's worrying uh, for me as as priests also it's very worrying because to see the number of mental health issues on the rise in the country uh, and that is across the board uh, and not just adults but maybe children don't articulate maybe that's mm. why we don't have data probably uh Surin, i mean do you find that i mean younger children you know the the, the lack of social interaction uh, a problem Okay. Um, yes, I find, especially during this year, when I see two different groups of standard one and standard two, that some of them could interact with their friends, maybe because they were in the same preschool. Mm. And then there were some one or two children who just quiet, don't know how to talk, don't know how to actually create a conversation. Mm. And especially um, schools now with their SOPs of the tables are one mm. meter apart. Mm. So there's actually very less or something, no interaction. They just come to school, sit down at their table, eat their food during recess there on their table, and then they go back. No social interaction and all that. Even they cannot group, go to their friend's table to talk and all that because of the strict SOP. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, really sad when you hear that yeah. because, you know, the way we grew up is, you know, really just playing with our friends and, you know, learning through, yeah. through experience. The, the best time in school is the very hard time when you're all on the yeah. field. <laughs> so even you know. we don't have, we don't have American just money. They cannot go to the field. Mm. I think almost one year plus, I think they didn't even touch the ball. Mm. So the only, yeah. one, only one thing that I'm doing now is Online chess tournaments. That's the only one. Yeah. So I mean, going back, Kevin, going back to our earlier conversation, we started. If ever we are thinking, oh, you know, why should we be vaccinated? Why should we try and go back to some sense of normalcy? Mm -hmm. I think for the sake yeah. of the students, children, to get them back into normal life, I think we have to yeah. do this. Yes. You know, yeah. to the future of the generation, yeah. uh, of a generation that has missed out on so many things that we. We took for granted. I think many of us took for granted uh, yeah. a lot of these things. Yes. Uh, you know, the simple things of life, of going out, you know, uh, going out, meeting friends, uh, lay parking, with, you know, playing football or whatever it is in the recess time, you know. Yeah. yeah, you know. At first, when, when when all this MCO started, you know, I was thinking, oh, I wish I was back in school, man. No school, you know, study at home and all that. But now, after hearing all the <laughs> experiences and what all the teachers have shared, you know, I think, wow, it's really important and thankful that we had the chance, you know, to go to school. Hmm. And we owe it no. to them. We owe it, we yeah. owe it to, to the kids to, to give them what we had. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, you know, yeah, Kevin, Kevin, last I spoke to my children and I was telling them the schedule that Okay, mm. after the Raya holidays, you have 10 days at home and then you continue school holidays. They are like, oh, holiday again. Oh, Tida. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. 
We used to look forward to school holidays. Now they look forward to yeah. going back to school. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. I mean, uh, so, yeah. Teachers. I mean, any any last words? I mean, some encouraging words. I mean, thanks, Rosalind, for Arthur Ash's uh, quote. I think it's very important. Uh, any other encouraging words to our parents uh, who are listening, uh, to students who are here, to our teachers who are out there listening? You know, uh, how do we make? How do we? You know, what do we say is that? What can we do in such a situation? To be able to afford our students the best, I mean, in the sense, given the limitations, also. Rosalind, you want to start? Um, all right, I'll start. Um, and I'll start with this word empathy. Uh, this is also something I've been sharing with my students because it's only through empathy that we can put ourselves in others' shoes. So a lot of this um, depression, stress that a lot of people face, the students, the parents, they feel that way because. Um, they're not thinking from another person's point of view. So they feel um, that I have these issues and all that. And so I say, like, uh, just give yourself a moment. Try to think about how you could have done it. And uh, you can give your suggestions, no problem, right? And, uh, and by doing so, you find yourself being more understanding, being more accepting. Like if previously I was stressed when my students didn't send in homework or whatever, but when I sit down, I took the time, talked to them, I realized everyone's situation is so different. I have been counseling parents, uh, and I'm no counselor by any stretch of imagination, but I've been helping them see through it. And sometimes it's like, oh yeah, I didn't realize that my child is facing this. It's not just that he doesn't want to sit down and do work. It's not that he doesn't want to learn, but there are other issues that the parent might not see. And the children might not see their parents facing, and we teachers don't see our students facing. So we've got to empathize with each other. Also, I want to give a shout out to Genevieve. I find that her efforts are really applaudable. And I do want to say, uh, wait, I wrote down somewhere. Oh, yeah. She mentioned that just now she uh, is doing all past year papers and all that, that you're on the right track, girl. Uh, I just want to say one thing, and to all students, don't test yourself. Uh, a lot of students, they do a topic and then they sit down with the past year papers or exam questions and then they start testing themselves. Don't test yourself right off the bat because you are learning. When I was a student and uh, a lot of my excellent students do this as well, they put out their paper, they take the answer, the answer sheets next to it, that means the guided answers, then they look, they copy. It's not copying, you're not cheating, you're learning. And after a few rounds of that, you get uh, a feel for the, oh, this kind of questions, you need these kind of answers. And that works. So, yeah, just a shout out to Genevieve then. Yeah, I, I wish Rosalind was my teacher. They didn't allow us to make the answers. <laughs> <laughs> Chiku Suren, what, what are your words, uh, you know, parents who are, who are preparing children to go to school? Yeah, I, first of all, um, communication. That's most important. Okay, communicate with your teachers and also with your friends who have the same children in the same level. Okay, and then um, also one more thing is which is very important is uh, not only all the time study books and all that, play with your children also. Mm. They also need that. They missed almost almost two years. Okay, bring them out for walking, kick ball with them, throw ball with them, maybe badminton. Can okay, have fun with them. That's most important. Don't pressure your children. Yeah. Cecilia, what would you say to teachers out there? 
What yeah, advice I, would you give them? I think the teachers need to uh, scale back, you know, reel back a little bit and then think more of the kids. Are they able to do the work? Don't be too ambitious because, you know, uh, they too are going through a lot of stress and I pity the parents, okay? The parents also need to understand their child and not compare, okay? They need to, don't be so kiasu. Okay, you need to you know push them and make them go all out and all that, and then you know you have other problems at the end. So everybody needs to take a little laid back, not so laid back, but laid back. Uh, take one step back, uh, assess the whole situation. Where is my child? If, what kind of child do I have? How the learning? How do they study? You know, understand them like exactly like what Chegusurin said. Have a conversation with them. Teachers also need to make sure that they don't just think of finishing the syllabus, okay? Because they are going crazy with, I need to finish the syllabus, I don't care, just churn it all out and hopefully the child will, will regurgitate it on the exam paper at the end. doesn't work that way because we need to ask them to have some kind of a higher order thinking skills like them. They need to think for themselves also, yeah. Thank you, Cecilia. I'm sure a lot of uh, students would uh, resonate and would uh, thank you for, for saying that. Don't just uh, finish the syllabus, but actually, please teach us something. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, uh, we have a comment here that our, I think we want to put up. Uh, Cecilia, you might know this person. It's from Lucy. Lucy, thank you for writing in. And she says, thanks for the Clarence, Kevin, and the panelists for sharing your experiences and insights. Education is a topic close to my heart, although I've retired from service. I'm glad there are many dedicated teachers willing to go the extra mile to assist students and parents. I'm proud that my former student, Cecilia, is on the panel. She's still, a passion she's still as passionate in what she does. Congratulations, everyone. And yes, a congratulations to all the teachers out there, not just on the panel, but those watching. I hope you're watching. And yeah, thank you for your service and you know, helping uh, to educate our kids. For the Clarence, any closing remarks? Yeah, I mean, just to thank our, our, our panelists this morning, I think, I think you know, you give us a, a perspective to how to help parents, uh, how for teachers, because, you know, as much as Cecilia says, you know, uh, you know, sometimes there are also parents who demand a lot of teachers. Why, why didn't you finish the syllabus? You know, so there are parents who are out there who are also uh, thinking that way, you know, that, you know, they, they should be doing more, doing less. But I think what I just want to emphasize here is that uh, I mean, the academic excellence is just one part of the growth of the human person. You know, there are so many other parts. And, and this, I think this, uh, this pandemic has kind of reminds us that the other aspects of human growth need to be attended to uh, the emotional. You know, we, we always talk about the IQ. Then, you know, there's this EQ that came about. Then there's SQ that came about. You know, every aspect, I think, needs to be attended to at this time in, in some ways, uh, you know, and, and not to try and find a balance. I know it's not easy for everyone, uh, you know, trying to manage school, manage work, manage so many other things. But uh, I think Surin had a very interesting thing to say, uh, you know, you know, make time for your family. That's very mm. important. You know, uh, there, is, there is time apart from all the school and all the work. Maybe if every day in the family, you can just carve out a little bit of time, maybe half an hour just to sit around, you know, maybe, you know, just to talk. Uh, how the day has been for each other to turn off all the devices for a while because I think there's, we are all, you know, uh, uh, there's a fatigue, there's a digital fatigue in all of us, including myself. Mm -hmm. Terrible fatigue. 
mm. you know, uh, you know, maybe ten years time you see everybody walking around with thicker glasses because you're all <laughs> too much of screen time. Maybe we yeah. we need to kind of we need a digital detox every day, you know, in the family. Uh, that's that's my that's my my words of encouragement to families to our parents who are out there, you know, uh, give a bit of time for this digital detox every day. And I think that's where it's going to help each other. Uh, I don't know whether you agree with me, but I think something that I try to practice if I can, uh, you know, the nature of my work sometimes requires me to be available. But some time of digital detox from everything so that we can engage with one another in the family, you know. Children are deprived of human engagement, social engagement, you know, uh, so many other things. And I think this is the time as we are going into another lockdown. Mm. It's going to be two weeks. We do not know it's going to be another month, you know. But you know, if my words is maybe just half an hour every day, parents, you know, cut off from everything. Just be available to one another, you know. I remember my days, you know, not so long ago. But board games were very interesting in my family. Monopoly, Scrabble, Mastermind. I don't know if we have this game. Everything has moved digital now, you know. Uh, board games, uh, you know, uh, these are the things I grew up with, and I think those were the, I think the family times that I remember, you know, at night, the weekends, playing as a family that that kept us going. Yeah, those are the few keywords, uh, Kevin, from this morning's conversation. And I'm greatly, I want to just give a shout out to all teachers. Thank you for what you are doing out there. All right. Thank you, Father. Uh, before we close with a prayer, I just want to tell our viewers that we have a Facebook group called Willing Hearts. Okay, that's when we have uh, all our uh, people uh, telling what they are selling or promoting. And so we also have a lot of educators and tutors. So if you need to find someone to help uh, with your child's education or maybe some softwares, you know, you can try and go there and uh, check it out. Maybe there'll be something for you or for your children. All right. So don't forget, Willing Hearts is the name of our Facebook group where we encourage people to also submit what they are selling or promoting and to help our, our, our friends and our viewers who need some extra help. All right. So once again, uh, thank you to all our panelists. And Father, maybe you want to close with a prayer? Yeah, let's, let's pray together. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, our loving Father, we thank you for this morning, for this conversation that we have had. Thank you for the gift of educators who, who dedicate themselves in so many different ways, despite the challenges and difficulties, who try their best to offer the gift of education to our students. We pray for our students who are encountering other challenges. We pray for families who find difficulties. We pray for those who have been left behind. Lord, we pray that you would be with them at this time, that in our own way, whether we are teachers or not, to be able to support one another in this time, to be able to offer help, to be able to offer a shoulder for someone to lean on, to cry on, to be able to offer whatever gifts that you have given to us, to one another, so that in all of this, we can look after each other and come out of this as better society, better people. Lord, as we enter into this lockdown once again, be with us, protect us, bless our country, so that we may be able to rid this pandemic, to be able to come back to some sense of normalcy as a better nation. We make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Amen. Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father. And once again, thank you to Roslyn, Teachers Roslyn, Cecilia, Chico Surin, and also Mr. Mike, uh, who was with us earlier, and also to our students who shared their thoughts. I guess that's the end of episode 60. So, class, bangun! Terima kasih, Cikgu. Terima kasih, Cikgu. I grew up with...
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So thank you for watching. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, teachers. Right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Don't forget to join us for our next episode next week, next Saturday at 10:30 a.m. Right here on Catholics at Home. Thank you.